Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Cool. So um, welcome to the latest edition of the coaching podcast. Um, today I'm going to be chatting with Paul Darby-Delman and um, we're going to get straight into it. Um, so what I'm going to ask you to do, Paul, is just explain to everybody who you are, what your role is, where do you fit in in the world-class programme? What, what, t- tell us who you, about yourself a bit. Yeah, well, I've been uh, been coaching in the world class program for well over ten years now. I'm working now with our our senior men's. I'm senior men's podium kayak coach for the, the sprint team, uh, and that focuses on the the main Olympic disciplines that, that we have now in that, which is the, the K two five hundred, the K four five hundred, and uh, and the K one thousand. So so uh, we've got quite a big squad of guys that are at a good level, really. And my job is. is to individually, you know, personally coach some of them, but to bring them together and try and put our our best crew boats forward. So, so ultimately, it's trying to to identify, you know, the best people to help people get better and to, to perform on a world class stage as best as we can. So, we can, we can put competitive boats forward with the aim of, of qualifying and doing well at, at the Paris Olympics and the LA Olympics and beyond. Cool. Sounds like it. Sounds like an interesting role. So. Yeah. So you've been about 10 years you've been involved with the program so can we start a little bit about yourself so so let's let's from the beginning I, i'm i've got a sneaking feeling you were a paddler <laughs> i do have that inside inside knowledge so so tell me about how did you how did your paddling how did it start where did you start as a paddler so yeah yeah like you say most most of us have been paddlers at some stage and and for me i guess i was always always into sport from a really really young age and 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 you know from yeah, six, seven was really into to various sports, and uh, I spent a bit of time in America. Really loved sports over there. Was into the kind of American sports and that side of stuff, and, and came back as a nine year old. And, and more than I think, um, just a friend of mine was was keen to get a canoe. So uh, for no particular reason, but but that sort of spurred me. Yeah, quite fancy that as, as something to get, and not thinking anything of the sport or knowing anything about the sport. But my dad at the time said, "Well, if you're gonna." get a canoe you need to know how to canoe so so looked up signed up to the local club went down uh you know with a couple of friends and and we joined and, and did that really and that, that club was Elmbridge canoe club so so it, it was from from the start a very racing canoe club with a, with a big focus on racing on on getting better and and going to races and doing races marathon and, and sprint and, and kind of exclusively those two disciplines are really there so I know. And for the first few years, it, it was something we did and, and and kind of joined a lot, but, but had a really good group of friends there more than anything. So just enjoyed our times there. We did the racing. We kind of progressed. And, and you know, it, it's a small world and you soon start start racing in Nottingham regattas and and, and finding yourself you know, amongst the, you know, I found myself amongst you know, the best for my age group in the country and, and, and kind of sort of got, got the bug and, and kept cracking on and doing that that side of stuff. And and, and kind of as some friends kind of moved on to, you know, away from canoeing, I suppose, you know, me and, and a few others kind of, you know, we wanted to push on and crack on and, and, and start making the, the junior team, I guess, was was the goal originally. And it's like, OK, that that was a big, big target. But I suppose going back from that, always remember at the club, there being kind of the good guys there and, and, and you kind of Ivans and Grayson's and Andrea Dalloway and, and people like that that went on to the games in 1988. And I remember that always being kind of a bigger aspiration and really having a big interest in, in the games and the Olympics there. So, so I guess, yeah, that fed my, my kind of process to say, okay, 
we do I do want to get to a good level and, and do something well and was lucky that that you know we had a good competitive you know group of people there that, that pushed each other on really really well so I guess my pathway then was kind of made made the junior team as a as a quite a young 15 year old and, and no I guess and making the junior team at that that stage was was a, a means into to an end and, and we went away and we weren't particularly strong but but enjoyed it and and progressed from there but then after that we kind of got a, a little bit more serious and, and it's kind of when I first met Eric Farrell really and he started coaching me and, and a few others Tim Brabant and, and a few others in there as well and, and and that kind of then kind of raised our our expectations of, of what we were trying to achieve and to be a bit more competitive abroad I guess we went on a two-year kind of journey to to you know, our junior world championships in in 95 which, which was you know, a goal, a target, but you know, it set our expectations higher, and we started training properly with that, with a clear focus to try and and do well there. And I, and I know going into that, you know, how well we could do, we never knew there. There wasn't as much information or, or as much data around what what level we could get to or, or what we were. But but we went there with the high expectations, and we we won there. So that was you know really incredible time going away there in K2 500 with, with Tim Brabantson and, and winning that race. It kind of then then sort of raised our whole expectations of where we could get to and, and what we could do and how I could, could progress from there. So kind of very quickly from being a, a kind of 15-year-old that, that got knocked out in, in the heats in competitions to, to progressing to winning that, it, it seemed, you know, as a 15-year-old, seemed impossible to ever be at the front of those races. But that that... That sort of set me on a journey, really, that, that, that progressed. And, and from there, you know, very quickly moved into to our senior team. I was lucky enough to paddle with uh, with Grayson Bourne at the time. Um, and we, we we managed to qualify for the Olympic Games sort of in my first year as a senior in 96. So, so again, so, so suddenly within three years, I'd gone from the back of the field at junior stuff to, to racing at Olympic Games. And, and kind of, uh, yeah, probably never... Never expected that, and it suddenly had happened. Um, was that was that Atlanta '96. Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta's in the K2 1000 meters with Grayson in Atlanta, uh, and again we were in the semi-finals. And yeah, it was a, a reasonable performance. It, it, it was it was a good experience and that sort of stuff. And, and then it was kind of, I guess the next couple of years were a bit tougher, really, in, in terms of what we did as trying to make impact on on the senior stage and moving through. And I know '97, '98, there was probably that that. That kind of transitional period to try and, and move up through the field and, and do some some good stuff really and probably plateaued a little bit before uh, in in uh, you know then as we approached Sydney in 2000 and I know um, qualification for the for the games that year was all in 99 so there was kind of a big need to step up in that year and and, and paddle K2 with uh with a guy Ross Sabaton we, we put a, a boat out and and that's the first time I guess we started competing higher level internationally and 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 um we qualified made the final there and, and qualified for the olympic games and progressed there we started kind of you know getting some good results at some of the the, the world cup the smaller international races and things picking up the old medal here and there but yeah we were a boat that sat around about the sort of eight tenth in the world type level and and went to sydney and, and finished i think 10th or 11th there in the end so just missed the final so a bit of a disappointment there um and I guess then, for me, there was a, a stage where I was studying, did some, some university alongside that, 
Um, and it was a focus to say, right, okay, now what are we going to do? Well, how are we going? To, how am I going to get better coming into? You know, I felt I had another. You know, wasn't done with canoeing. I was still only 22 at the time, so it's just still keep. That's quite quite young to have done two Olympics by the age of 22. Yeah, I think so. I never felt at the time. Never felt young. It, it was what we were doing, and it felt felt comfortable on the stage there, but certainly felt hungry to go on and, and, and push on and do do more. And um, you know, and I think it, it was at a time really brilliant time in terms of we were starting to get some funding, starting to become. Uh, you know, have that support to help us do things. But with that, the expectations were rising along the way as well. But we were at a lucky time because we were able to, to really manage what we were doing and, and enjoy that process of doing it as well. And I guess like that is a lot of the, the camps and, and things like that. We managed ourselves and, and, and were able to get the most out of those and, and got what we needed there. So that following four-year cycle, I had some really, you know, really exciting times. I ended up paddling K2 with Ian Wynn that year. So we had, we saw from 2002 through to 2004, we, we did that. Um, I also did some K1 500 meter racing in that period as well. And again, all the time working with Eric and, and trying to, to, to push on. And um, again, su super tough to qualify. That year we had to go to a second round qualification and, and race at uh, the European Championships. And, and we managed qualify there and get through to, to Athens and that that was the Olympics for me that, that was like that was the one I went in with a chance of of doing and we ended up coming seventh it was a super close race we were a second or so off the medals and but for me kind of came out of that thinking yeah I've done everything I can to to to, to do what I did and really felt satisfied that, that we'd raced our race and we'd put a good performance down and, and would love to have come away with with more but but equally felt like that you know I've done a really good job so so I kind of came out of there pretty motivated, but but also in a stage where, okay, where do I go now? I kind of saw where I was going after canoeing, what I was doing there, and that that side side of things. And, and there's some some bits of my life have been on hold, I suppose, for that. So I carried on paddling for a bit, but but about six months after Athens decided for me as a as a paddler, it, it was time to sort of move away from from that side of stuff. So okay. I got, as, a, as a competitor, 26, 27 years old. Um, to then sort of move on to the next stage of my life really. So, yeah. so before before we look at life um post racing, so can can I can I just go back a little a little bit, a few questions on there. So so what what was it about? So first of all, I imagine it, it was fortuitous that you found racing as opposed to if your dad or your family had no background in biking or canoeing, you just went to the local club. So it was quite fortuitous that you happened to come across racing or was racing a, a discipline that you that, that was there something about racing that you really were drawn to and oh, in canoes or you know i mean well, well i think i think you know if we'd have gone to a club with a different focus yeah i would never have, have, have sorted it out i don't think it, it was something that appealed to me and sprint racing appealed to me you know we did marathon we did sprint but sprint racing to me appealed to me much more than that the, the, the other driving you know going down that that lane and having that single singular focus so yeah very much for fortuitous there and i think I became quite single-minded in, in trying to achieve what 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 I wanted to achieve yeah, at sprint racing. But yeah, I, I think it was something that obviously for me kind of ticked a box for me. I, I would always look at what I did. I kind of I really enjoyed racing, enjoyed the, the competitive side of it. I wouldn't say I generally enjoyed a lot of the training. I kind of <laughs> really committed to doing the training and working hard and getting to where I wanted to go with it. Um, but, but but did it because I, I just love racing, love going abroad, love racing, love trying to, to get better. Okay. 
And did you have, it sounded like you had quite a good training team there as well. You say there was Tim, Tim was there um, and you had a little group that were training together. Was there something around that camaraderie of training together or it was just, it was just um, convenient to try, train with other people? Yeah, I think, I think we had a bunch of guys that were in the same sort of place, wanted the same sort of things. We were super competitive against each other and, and, and you know, we all got on, but, but we all, you know, had our social life as well sort of thing it wasn't like we were in it but but we wanted the same sort of thing and we were able to, to push each other on and and there were you know tense rivalries at times and, and yeah, yeah. pushed us all on to to a to a higher level certainly and um but yeah and i sort of certainly yeah i became i guess was a real student and, and used to love watching the old Eurosport videos i had of canoeing so so kind of from the racing side of it yeah just just wanted to be involved in that and and, mm -hmm. and and always, you know, knew knew everyone knew knew what was going on. But yeah, it, it was. I think it was that environment that just pushed us all on to to a better level, really. And, and you mentioned Eric Farrell there. So was he your coach all the way through your your racing? Game? Yeah, well, well, Roland very much was, was a coach uh, in the early days, um, and then Roland sort of uh, Eric started a project sort of with a few of us down there, and then then from there he, he was very much my coach from a as a sixteen year old till. Um, yeah, and, and until I stopped really there. As, as wow. A, so I kind of had a, a you know, good close bond with him and, and, and worked well with him and kind of learned a lot of stuff from him. Then. Yeah. Cool. So uh, so um, you said you're super competitive. What What is it particularly you think about? There's two things there. What is it particularly about the sprint, that, that shorter distance or the Kubos? Because it seems like you've had quite a background in Kubo paddling as well. So any, any particular draw to... Could you explain why you think the shorter one? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, 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 don't, I, I guess maybe physiologically, I was more suited to that side of stuff. I know I always found the the longer work a bit a bit difficult, and it was never sort of thrived in that sort of environment as okay. much. It was kind of finding my place, and certainly enjoyed, and and seemed to just find a niche in terms of you know to slot into crew boats and K two specifically to that they always felt good and and, and was, was fortunate to paddle with, with some, you know, some really really good paddlers in the country that you know, ultimately they you know wanted to paddle with you but, but that said you know i was also able to deliver some you know as a high level in my k1 as well and yeah, yeah. add add what i felt was more than that to a crew boat as well splendid so it sounds like you had a rewarding athletic career you, you you look back on it with with a degree of satisfaction and pride yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's always always bits, you know, more that you feel. You look back, you could have done here and there, and changes and things like. that. But certainly no regrets, and I think that's one of the big things I take out of it and try and take forward is it's just had responsibility for everything you know I was doing and knew it was it was down to me and the work I was prepared to put in or or not really, and and, and mm -hmm. that led to where we got to really. So so obviously with free Olympics, then then so that any standout. A memory what's the any you know from all those years of racing was it the first world championship back when you were a junior or or was it that yeah the, the big one I, I, yeah the big one for me was was certainly winning that that junior world championship goal i think you know it, it was for me we had set a target a goal and and we had worked towards it really specifically we, we didn't know where we would come would we sneak into the final would we, would we maybe get a medal where we would get but we won, and I, and I still put it down to it. Yeah, it was a, a super tight race, and I guess our goal probably was to win a medal. But but because it was so close, we almost ended up winning. If you know what I mean, because yeah, yeah, that that goal extra. 
yeah, to do that. And, and it was just, just a, you know, an amazing you know, feeling to have won that and, and, and to delivered on that on that stage, really. And uh, yeah, I can remember the feelings after that really clearly. Um, and I think, you know, another standout was probably, again, the, the Athens games where, where it just felt that, you know, we'd, we'd been prepared really well and, and, and gone in and, and done a really good performance there, really. So those two ones, and it was all kind of the culmination of, of I guess, the early part of my career and, and the end of my career, really. Yeah. So, so then, so then, well, well, let's let's go to there. So the career comes to an end. In a, your made a, an active choice. It wasn't through injury or, or anything. Which made an active choice to step back. And you said something about putting your life on hold previously. So, did your life start? Did you go straight into coaching? What what what, what happened there? No, I, I kind of always. I, I was unsure. I was in two minds whether to, to jump straight into coaching off the back of my paddling career. In the end, I kind of, I felt I needed a bit of time away from it to, to sort of see where I was at and you know, look, I guess, in a different way. I kind of worked in, in insurance for a bit there. So I, I got a job in the, in the city working uh, underwriters, Lloyd's underwriters. And, um, and then you know, kind of I moved between a few different jobs there, always working in insurance there. And I think, you know, over a, a couple of year period really um and and kind of found myself more and more being drawn to thinking right i want to get back into 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 coaching and that sort of stuff i think i was found with with when i was working you know coming in at the bottom in a, in a job in the city i was you know when i was doing you could always go out and say right well i'm going to do this and show that show where i'm at it was it was it was to, to sort of move through the ranks and get that kind of recognition was always hard and, and struggled a little bit with that and then that, that sort of transitional period from being a, an athlete to, to being an office worker, if you like. So, yeah. so um, yeah, I spent a couple of years doing that and then um, kind of kind of started, you know, doing a few coaching qualifications, just very much recreational with, with a view to say, I want to get back involved and, and put something really into, into the sport and to, yeah, share, I guess, some of my experiences from, from paddling, but also really passionate that, that wanting, you know, you know, GB to be successful and, and, and to, to to push on and get some good results internationally. Okay, so so then how did the how, where did the the step to full time coaching when how did that come about? What what was the yeah? Um, so it, it was a time when um, in the lead up, lead up to London, um, I think the, the program was growing to a degree. Yeah. But there was also a change in events, and uh, I got you know an opportunity to to kind of fill in really and, and fill a gap that that John Anderson, the performance director at the time, kind of needed needed filling in terms of creating the 200 meter racing came in. It was brand new. Um, there'd been a few sort of coaching changes around, and and, and Alex uh, Nikonarov was was based in Nottingham, but but the guys were based down at Dorney and. And the plan was for Alex to, to pick up this group, but he had some work and, and things to finish off, sort of, you know, for six months finishing off the project and handing over some stuff in Nottingham. So I was very much sort of coming to to support that that process and that that work with uh, with Liam, with Ed McKeever, with Johnny, with uh, Ed Cox at the time, Christian Reeves, a really talented group of guys, and I was very much filling in and I, I guess sort of. Um, you know, running the day to day environment for those guys. Um, with, with some support from Alex coming down once a week and, and, and that handover. So learning a lot from Alex along the way there and how that, that came up to speed. And, and I guess that, that sort of was for about um, six months, maybe a bit more. And, and that kind of became you know, assistance at times 
working in that role there. And then the opportunity came to, to work with Claudine LaRue, who was leading our junior programme at the time, work with her, with our junior team, and that's some under-23 teams there, really, um, as we progressed. Yeah, and I progressed to start getting some of my own responsibility and really enjoyable working with kind of our junior men and under-23 men in that period up until uh, up until 2012, while still offering some support to, you know, to Alex where he needed it to keep that group running. So, so kind of getting a real broad range of experience across those uh, board there really and did you did you find the um the coaching role rewarding you know because obviously being an athlete your um coaching's done with you and to you as it were but then having to step into that role did you was attraction to it for yourself or was it i'm familiar with this environment i know what these athletes are are doing and 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 then learning to love it or or was it what was it a, a draw um from the beginning yeah, again, really, I guess it was really interesting. You, yeah, I guess seeing other people's experiences when you come in, I suppose when you've been an athlete, you kind of, you make certain assumptions of where everyone's at, but there were some real differences in terms of people's background, people's, you know, take on, on what paddling meant to them and where they were trying to get to and aligning those goals and targets really. But but really enjoyed kind of, the, you know, the working with athletes and, and trying to, to get more out and more them to get more out of themselves and them to take that ownership and understand what they're trying to do mm-hmm. uh, and having those those conversations and, and just really enjoyed i guess making plans and trying to implement plans and, and, and working towards goals really yeah cool and do you think that time out was necessary to to for you to make that transition from being an athlete to a coach you know do you think that might have that might have been more difficult if you'd been really close still. Yeah, I, d- I do think it was it was really important there. I think um, for me, yeah, it, it gave me that a bit more of a grounding, a bit more of a, a break from the day-to-day involvement in canoeing. I've also probably put a bit of a a break between myself and the athletes that are in there currently as well. Yeah. You're not straight away just, just trying to, to fill in where you left off, but now suddenly you're a coach rather than an athlete. So even though it was a couple of years, there was probably a bit of a change in which athletes were around and who was doing what. And so it wasn't directly the people that, that, that I'd been involved in. So, so I think, yeah, there was a lot of stuff I learned there, a lot of experiences I had in that period of time there. And then mm-hmm. you know, I think was able to, to help me a little bit. Yeah. And, and, that, and that was when the programme was down in, in Dorney, you say? Yeah. yeah. So you... you you moved up to Nottingham and, and was that when more responsibility? Well, there was a bit, a bit more time in Dorney. That, that was up until 2012. So from after 2012, again, there was just some various changes and, and the kind of what was, was you know, asked to, to take on our women's team, which was a you know, massive honour. and It's a big step up for, for what I was doing, some really talented talented girls in there. And, and that was a you know really exciting time. And, and I think we got some really good results at times there, but it, but it also was a super tough time in terms of, you know, being you know being experienced enough to deal with some of the highs and lows and and that's there I know you know we had a you know really good World Cup where we came away with lots of medals and things like that and I guess for me to then be able to push us on to the next level and where we got to without some big learnings there in terms of, of managing it and managing a big squad of, of talented girls to, to push on and um, so 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 I worked with those them for a couple of years and then moved back into working with our under twenty three men and, and ultimately senior men. As we moved into into the sort of 2016-17 cycle, and, and then we moved up to Nottingham and a, and a big move up there. Cool. So, so what would you say is it about coaching in the high performance environment that you know that that uh, you know what is it about that 
that, that keeps you there because you've been there now for 10 years what you know why because there's lots of other places that you can coach uh, what, yeah. um i i guess yes i i love you know elite sport i love the, the competing at the top end and love coaching coaching at the top you know the, at the big championships and that sort of stuff and and also, you know, love having athletes that, that have got that ambition and target and drive to want to go and achieve at that sort of level and, and to have the opportunity to do it here and, and to work with some really talented athletes to try and get the most out of those performances. I, I like that, you know, trying to have that, you know, that attention and being kind of innovative and really trying to move on and get really good, high quality performances, really. And, and I guess I like the, the pressure of that sort of environment. Mm -hmm. If you were going to, so what, what would you say? There's two questions here. One's going to be, uh, what would be your um, top piece of advice for somebody uh, to, to, to be successful coach in, that, in, that, in this high-performance environment? What, what do you think is really important uh, as a coach to be successful in that kind of environment? Yeah, I think um, it, it's, it's understanding you know, who you're working with, but also you know, everyone that's supporting you. So there's a big support team, you know, a lot of staff, and it's on managing the expectations, managing, you know, keeping everyone in the loop of what you're doing. So being really clear what your plan is, what your target is, where you're going, and then how you can use everyone around you and, and take everyone on the journey, whether it's athletes, other coaches, support staff, management, the British community, that side of stuff, to try and try and take them on the journey and really understand, I guess, what the role you're trying to do is and where you fit and, and what your relationship needs to be and managing those relationships with all the different people along the way, really. Uh, I think, you know, there are a lot of eyes on, on you and we are trying to achieve, a, you know, a high level and, and pushing on there. And I guess the other bit is, is, is to be to be patient and to, to, to just work on that, that progress and, and say, well, things don't happen overnight. It is a long-term process to move up and, and to take the highs with the lows, but, but, but be clear on where you're heading towards what you're trying to achieve. That, 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 uh, the gains coming from real consistency and, and, and moving incrementally might go quite slowly. It might be quite frustrating, but that's what really takes it to grind out those, um, yeah. those improvements along the line. I think that the bit you've mentioned there is quite interesting as well, is that, that in, in this, in the high performance environment, you're leading team it's it, it isn't just you and athletes there's a whole team around them and there and that that, that requires a, a certain skill set as well doesn't it to um to as you say make sure everybody's on the same page and everybody's um you know knows where that athlete's headed and, and what their targets are and what their performance um you know yeah. this might be so so then go on on the flip side then so what, what have you learned what was any any key mistakes that you've learned from you gone do you know what the key learning? So it, it, nobody, everybody's kind of human. We all make mistakes. And I'm kind of interested to know, um, you know, what, how we learn from mistakes. Any, any ones that stand out for you that would have been key? Yeah, learning? I mean, yeah, plenty of mistakes along the way. The big thing is, um, one is, is not having to know everything, like admitting when you don't know something, because, because there is you know, resources out there, there's lots of places to find information out and things like that, and, and use the team around you and use, you know, search out the information and the answers. So, so don't just rely on what used to work, what worked in the olden days. It, it, it's trying to say, right, if I don't know something, right, rather than, than yeah, he, he's trying to find the answers, trying to explore the answers, trying to use the support to get, get as much of that out as possible, I think is one of the big things. And, and another big thing is, I guess you can get caught up in in, in big longer term goals where we're going, but but really 
yeah, keen to yeah, just for coaches and athletes. Yeah, we're in a a great position where we're, we're canoeing, you know, coaching canoeing or canoeing day and just enjoy the the steps along the way a lot as well, and, and not all be linking it to right. What have we got to be doing in in three or four years time? It's like, okay, let's build build on success, build you know those stepping stones along the way, just to really kind of celebrate and enjoy those as we go along, and then then you know be able to manage that and, and want to progress year on year. So, um, so, so that, I think yeah, enjoying the journey is really important here because that, that, that means you're more likely to get everything out more out of each day than, than living for a distant dream that may or may not happen. But if you enjoy every, enjoy the journey, as you've said, sometimes the training is not enjoyable, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what surrounds it could be enjoyable, can't it? That could, can be there. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think I just coming. I think, I think that's a big, big challenge, a big thing for us in, in a, I guess, a high performance environment. You, you can't be at this high performing level as an athlete as every day. You, you have to have some sort of process and routine and enjoy coming to coming to train, coming to do stuff, and create that that atmosphere in that environment where yeah, this is what we're doing, and then be able to step up when you need to step up and, and that side of stuff as well. And, and just to manage that emotion and that that kind of um, waves as you go along. So sometimes there is a case of just getting through the work and getting that work done, and then we're trying to to lift it in, in certain points really. But mm-hmm. there, there is times, you know, we in canoeing we we compete, you know, from April to August, so what four months a year. But we have a lot of time training, a lot 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 more time. Yeah than we do competing and and you have to kind of get a lot of work done in that period and then prepare to, to, to peak at the right times really. mm-hmm. so in this little series i've been chatting to different coaches on the world-class program and there isn't one way to get to become a coach in the world-class program there's everybody's had a different choice and not, not all of us are fortunate to be three times olympians and, and have that as a route in uh, any advice that you'd give to somebody who was who, who maybe is out there um, coaching in a in a racing club or, or in a racing setting and, and thinking um, that sounds like I wouldn't mind doing that. How would any advice on how they might go about joining, uh, you know, or, or becoming more involved in a high performance environment? Yeah, I, th- I think um, yeah, there's lots of lots of good groups out there at the moment in terms of that, that chatting canoeing, but but all, always it's just create your own thoughts and your own ways of doing things. So being clear where you're trying to go, what, what you're trying to do and, and be able to match what you're training to, to what you're trying to achieve. So get that, wherever you're working with it, it's like really what's our goal, what's our target, what are we trying to achieve and, and what training is going to work best and take from the experience from within the sport and look outside the sport and, and just try and challenge everything so you can be clear on, on what it is you you're trying to do and, and, and how you're trying to go with it really and with with canoeing there's so many different aspects to it to to make somebody fast so it's why it's coaching the individual and but but coaching for a target for 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 a, a, whether that's a marathon race a sprint race both whatever it is work out what the demands are and, and try and match those in the training so kind of understand the demands of the of the event you're training for and then and yeah yeah from there is that has that been a key feature from when you started? I mean, like it sounded like right from the beginning, you said the little training group that you started in had a target and then thought about how they were going to achieve that target and designed the pro training around that. Is that, is that been like a consistent one for you? Is that why yeah. it's so important? Yeah, I think so. The big bits that stand out for me in the early days was, was you know, it, it was a big focus on we need to find 
good water to paddle on. We need to do these type of efforts. We need, you know, and how we did the stuff because something can be written down, but a lot of it was how you do stuff and how you link it to, to what you're trying to achieve. We want to paddle well on good water and do this. So it means we shouldn't be doing it this way. We should be doing it in, in this way and off the washes at times and things like that. So, mm-hmm. and it was always linked to, 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 yeah, how we were trying to race really. Mm-hmm. Cool. So um, now we're recording this just on the eve of the uh, of the of the Olympics uh, starting. Uh, just um, by the time this goes out, the Olympics will probably already be over with. But what's 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 your target this year? I mean, what's what are you what are you and your athletes working towards? Got got really you know some good under twenty threes that, that that are racing. I think we've got um, good K four, good K twos, good K ones. Challenging, so we're going to under twenty three world championships, and then we're taking quite a similar team on to, to senior world championships, and, and looking one for some some good performances at under twenty three world championships, and then be able to to push on and and, and really learn and, and evolve and, and get some good solid performances there, and then as a set us up as we as much as anything, it's setting up so we can go in and we've got some guys on the fringe, we've got some other good guys, lots of good guys around, so how we can go into the next two year two years up to twenty twenty three qualification for the Olympics getting our best boats in the best possible shape on the start line really so at the moment it's learning it's getting that race experience we've missed that we've missed that massively the international racing experience over the last couple of years to get back to speed on that and um and kind of build that over the next couple next couple of years so we've got some real good markers and good levels of, of performance cool well, that sounds like an exciting, uh, exciting year in, in store. Uh, so, um, yeah. time out of your day to, to, to chat with us today, and um, I'm sure we'll, we'll all uh, watch for the results with a uh, uh, great, um, yeah, anticipation. Absolutely. Thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Fun.